The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus declared, I thank thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to babes. Yea, Father, for such was thy gracious will. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. The Gospel of the Lord. So after yesterday's gospel where the Lord uh, rebukes the cities that have rejected his presence, they've rejected him uh, in terms of the fact that they, as we said, they want his gifts but not the giver. Now the Lord turns to those who have come to him because they love him and he gives thanks to his heavenly Father for these souls. And so you can see that these souls that come to the Lord, that love him, that want to be with him, that want to spend time with him, they are a consolation to his heart. And so in the midst of all of the rejection, in the midst of those who uh, accuse him falsely of different intentions, in the midst of those who even uh, say that he works uh, by the power of Beelzebul, and all of these kind of false accusations and blasphemies, as he is subject to suffer all of these things, there is this beautiful group of souls who are childlike in spirit and who come to him in love and who receive from him the revelation of God that comes through his Son, through Christ. And so he turns to the Heavenly Father and he gives thanks for this uh, wonderful consolation. These souls, these childlike hearts uh, who come to him in love in order to fulfill his will. And I think if we look at the first reading for today, we see we've been progressing through what will now be the way in which the Lord liberates his people from their suffering. He hears their prayer and he sends his answer to them. And his answer is that he sends someone to accomplish his will. I think this is another important uh, aspect of today's readings, which is that when the Lord responds to prayer, he could do it in multiple ways. He could have li liberated his people without any mediation on the part of Moses. But the Lord desires to work through human instruments. And so also for us as well is that sometimes we are the answer to someone else's prayer. In terms of what the Lord wants to do in their life, sometimes we are his instruments of mercy. And so it is for us also in our prayer and in our life to always be looking for the way in which the Lord wants to work through us in ways in which we might bring his love and his mercy to those who are suffering. And so we have uh, Moses now. He's had to flee Egypt because Pharaoh is seeking to kill him. I was reading through Josephus yesterday. He's that Jewish historian that I mention uh, quite often. Um, but he has some interesting insights from Jewish tradition on this scene. So he says that um, Moses now is taking his, the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, and he takes him to what is called the mountain of God, right? The mountain of God. And it was the highest mountain in that region. And because of its height, it was thought by the people that God dwelt there. And so they wouldn't go near the mountain out of a reverential fear. And yet Moses takes his sheep up the mountain. And so it would have been a great scandal <laughs> to the people around, but obviously Moses probably wasn't aware of the tradition of that region. 
And so he takes the flock up this mountain of God. So even in his ignorance, there's a beautiful sign of what Christ himself will do, which is that he will lead his flock to the mountain of God, and there they will be fed. And so what happens is, is that Moses is now walking up this mountain, and all of a sudden he turns and he sees this bush that is on fire. So he turns aside, it says, to contemplate this mystery. He looks more deeply into what is happening, and he sees that even though the fire is blazing, the bush or the shrub is not being consumed. And so while he is busy contemplating this mystery, uh, the Lord speaks to him from the flame, right, from the fire. And in this conversation then, the Lord uh, instructs and reveals to Moses what he desires, and he directs Moses according to his actions, and he speaks about the liberation of his people. And so there is this mystery then in this encounter. And then what the Lord says to him, uh, what we see as well, is he tells him of the sacredness of the place in which he is kind of just walking very freely. And he says to him a few things. He says, one is, do not come closer. So do not presume to approach the mystery of God. The mystery of God is something that must come close to us. It's not something that we can just presumptuously, presumptuously snatch at, right? Divinity is not something to be grasped. It's something to be received. And so there is this docility, this patience, this waiting for God to act. And so the Lord says to him, do not come any closer. And then he also says, take your shoes off because the ground upon which you are standing is holy. And so then I was reading another book. It's Exodus by Father Thomas Joseph White. And he has a commentary on this scene as well, which was quite interesting. And so he says that what you see here in Moses, when he takes off his shoes, when he takes off his sandals from his feet, um, and in order to keep this ground uh, or show his respect and reverence for the sacredness of the place in which he is in, he says the exterior sign of the removal of his sandals reveals an interior sign of the fact that he has a holy fear of God. And we know that the fear of God, that filial fear, not servile fear, but filial fear, meaning fear because of love, right? Fear because of a fear of not wanting to offend the one who is loved, he takes off his sandals and keeps holy that place. And so what we know as well is that fear is the beginning of wisdom. And so what you have here in this act of God beginning his revealing or his revelation to Moses, Moses is now in this right disposition to increase in wisdom. He has this holy fear. And so the beginning of wisdom now begins in him as he begins to be led by God and be led by his word. And what we see in terms of the fulfillment then in the gospel is that that burning bush uh, is interpreted in many different ways in terms of our Catholic faith. And there is a kind of multiple layers of typology in terms of what it represents. First and foremost, that burning bush represents the divine presence, God, the fire, in the midst of his people, this humble shrub. He doesn't appear or he doesn't, it's not a, 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 a huge big tree that's on fire. It's this small little burning bush that's on fire. And so it shows God's choosing of the little ones, right? He chooses a people that is small and insignificant. And it is the divine presence in the midst of these humble, insignificant people. And so also you have this prefiguration of the God who will come to the childlike and the humble and the little. It also represents his church later, right? The church that Christ will establish, the divine presence in the midst of his church, this humble church that is now the instrument of God in the world, Another way in which the typology is foreseen 
is uh, that it represents Our Lady at the moment of the Annunciation, that Our Lady, this humble handmaid of the Lord, is then filled with the Divine Presence at the moment of the incarnation of her Son, at the conception of her Son under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. But then the final type of typology, if you will, is that it represents Christ himself, his human nature, the humble burning bush, if you will, then filled with the divine nature. And it is this mystery that then these people in the gospel today are encountering. They're encountering the fulfillment. And now you see something different. The God who said to Moses, do not come close, now Christ comes close. Comes close to all of those who are around him. He draws near. He is the one who is bringing this divinity. This God who was beyond our reach is now brought close to us in Jesus Christ. And the fulfillment for that, for us, is here, as we've said so many times before, the great mystery of the Mass in which we participate, the very central aspect of our religion, the source and the summit of our faith. It is here that that same Christ comes close to us under humble forms, exteriorly humble, but filled with divine power and authority, his divine nature, his human nature, given to us completely in the great mystery of Holy Communion and of the Eucharist. And so the Lord also give thanks to the Heavenly Father, I'm sure, for all those who still continually gather to him in this same childlike spirit, a spirit that has all the reverence of Moses, acknowledging that this is holy ground because of the one who is present here, the spirit of that childlike openness to wisdom, wisdom himself, Christ who comes to us in the Eucharist and who allows us then to know the Father as he knows the Father. He chooses to reveal the Father to the little ones. And we pray to always have that heart of reverential fear and also that childlike spirit. Amen.